And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Dougal Frazier back with us. Internationally renowned psychic, author, cosmic coach. He utilizes color therapy, clairvoyance, intuition, empathy, interior design, and practical advice to help people assess and attain their goals and dreams. He's a regular featured blogger for the Huffington Post and author of several books. He and Radley Valentine got together to put together Angels and Auras, Oracle Cards. We'll tell you about that in a moment. Dougal, welcome back. Hey, George. Thanks for having me. So good to hear your voice. You too. How have you been? I've been really good. It's been an exciting couple of years. How have you been? All is good here, and uh, the world is turned upside down, and uh, hopefully one day we'll be able to get through it all, huh? It has indeed. It has indeed. It's certainly been a splash of cold water in the face for lots of us. You see auras, don't you? I do, yeah. When I hear the sound of someone's voice, I immediately start to see color and energy. Now, my perspective of that is that I'm seeing the aura and the soul body. The scientific community would say that I have something called synesthesia, where two senses in the brain overlap. But when I hear sound, I see color. Do different colors represent something different for that person? Absolutely. So, Well, I mean, it's interesting. We all have sort of a personal relationship with color. One of the reasons I love it as a body of work, especially in the spiritual community, is that it's tangible. It doesn't matter what country you go to, what age you are. If I ask someone what their favorite color is, they have an answer for it. So people certainly have their own personal perceptions and meanings of colors. But as someone that's done nearly 10,000 readings, if not more, I started to sort of gather information and saw personality traits that would repeat themselves. And then even some scientific studies that are pretty fascinating where my definitions of color energy matched some research that has been done. So I think for a really long time, color has been an influence from marketing to spirituality and religion. It's a powerful tool. It's it's really, really incredible body of work. Dougal, do you ever see more than one color for an individual at the same time? Love that question, George. So if you think of things like numerology, right, if you do your numerology, everybody gets their life path number. Or with astrology, everybody knows their sun sign. That is a fixed system of work. With auras, your energy is constantly changing based on the topic, based on the environment. A new question comes up. A new color will come up. So a lot of people, when they get a reading from me, they really want to be one color, and they are not. We are multifaceted beings. We have one personality type with our family. We have one personality type in our business. So it will constantly evolve and change. What I will say is occasionally a color will lead. Like, for example, when I hear the sound of your voice, George, I see blue. Blue is the color of truth and wisdom. It's information. I always see stacks and stacks of books when I see blue because this person, forgive me for saying, is a little bit of an information junkie. You love information. You're going to research it. You're going to read five books about it. So I might see a personality color that sort of leads in a reading or when I'm connecting to someone, but there are various colors around us in any given moment. Is there a color difference between somebody who is good as opposed to somebody who is a bad person? Uh, 
that's kind of interesting. From the soul perspective, from an energy perspective, there is no good and or bad. It's vibration. It's energy. Colors do have what I call a shadow side, and everybody has an experience where they get a shadow moment with a color. Uh, you might be insecure. You might feel like your ego is leading. So if a color is leaning towards the shadow side, it will present itself as opaque to me. It's a little bit thicker. I can't see through it. Shadow side isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not negative, but it does mean that we're getting some work done. You know, think of it like your vitamins. Think of it as uh, like eating your greens. It's the nutrients. But I can't necessarily describe it as negative. It's more like you're working through something in that moment. Interesting take. Now, does everybody have an aura? Absolutely. Every living thing has an aura. Although here's the weird thing. I could wrap my head around the fact that I can see color and energy around living things. I see it around animals. I see it around people. I see it around plants. But sometimes I will see it around an inanimate object. And what I've learned to figure out is that's where psychometry comes in. Psychometry is, let's say you've got your grandmother's ring, right? And she wore it for years, and then you've worn it for a long time. That object can actually pick up energy and intuitive can hold it and pick up the vibration. It's not really the life force of the object, but we leave imprints in a room. So you can walk into a room where people were giggling and you might see energy in the room and feel it. You can walk into a room where people are arguing and it will feel heavy and thick. So every living thing has energy, but then more importantly, we leave imprints in the world, which I think is interesting. It sort of helps us be accountable to how we treat people, how we behave, and how we move through life. John Zaffis, the paranormal expert at Dougal, has been an expert in objects that have been possessed or are haunted or are just generally nice, like the grandmother's ring or something like that. But he, he, yeah. he contends spirits attach themselves to objects, just like you mentioned. Yeah. And so my thing is, like, I never use the word possession just because I'm, like, a little bit of a word nerd. And, like, that already comes at it from, like, sort of, like, an intense perspective. Yeah. So I would say there's imprints of energy. There's memories there. In the same way that if you pick up a photo and it reminds you of someone that you love so dearly, you're moved by emotions. Or in the same way, if you picked up a photo with someone that you've had challenges with, you may be haunted by them. But my job always as an intuitive is to try to play with language and see how we can come at it from a neutral perspective. Because I want people to play with energy. Auras are fun. Everybody perceives energy. They may not think they're doing it, but we say things like we have chemistry with each other. We had a great vibe. We connect. That's you connecting with energy. I'm just taking it a next level and starting to see that energy. Can you train people to see auras? Absolutely. Every single person on the planet can see energy. It's a money-back guarantee if you're in a workshop. (laughs) I can get anybody to see energy. What's interesting is that the physical eye is what we normally use for depth perception and facial recognition and the way we connect with people. It's through simple tools of meditation. You can use the Oracle deck, which we'll be talking about, but simple tools of distracting your mind so that you can open up another part of your senses to begin to perceive energy. And you mentioned the Oracle deck, Angels and Auras, Oracle Cards. It's a 44-card deck and a guidebook that is included with that, which I found very, very helpful. But how did you and Radley come up with this? 
So Radley is an incredible friend of mine. He is an amazing teacher. Radley is all about angels and their meanings and the history of them and how we can work with them. Radley and I would do tandem readings with callers where I would pick up a particular caller. Let's say I would say, oh, I see pink around this person, and I'd start talking meanings of pink, which is about self-love and sometimes being critical. And Radley would say, that's so interesting. I've got Archangel Jophiel here who presents in a pink energy. I didn't know angels present in colors, and mm-hmm. apparently they do. And the meanings of the angels were very similar to my definitions of aura colors. So we did an online class. We did workshops. And, you know, four years later, it became a, it became a deck. And it's the blending of work that I think is so beautiful. Um, in every body of spirituality, it's not just using one belief system. It's really pulling from different bodies of work and making it your own. So we like to think of angels and auras as that possibility for us and possibility for others as well. Now, they're not tarot cards, though, right? No, 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 no. So tarot cards are a fixed system, right? The same cards will repeat over and over and over again, and basically the same meanings. An oracle deck is when a collaborator or an author, like Radley and myself, come together and we create new images and new meanings. We have some nods to traditional tarot cards. So in tarot, there's the major arcana. and our deck, we have 12 core cards, which is sort of the nod to the major arcana. The rest are message cards. But we wanted to teach people how to use colors, how to connect with angels, and then there's lots of tips to take the meanings from the cards and use them in your practical life. So if you pick orange, you can then use orange in your clothing or lighting a candle or even a bowl of oranges in your kitchen to remind you of the meaning of that color. We really wanted it to be tangible. Fascinating. Now, do you pick up auras just by talking to somebody over the phone? Yeah, so I actually have to hear the sound of your voice. I can't do it through a letter or email. I actually hear the sound of someone's voice. So literally, George, when I hear you speak, I see shades and shades of blue. It sometimes leans a little bit towards purple when you trail off at the end of your uh, your voice. But yeah, I have to hear someone's voice. So often when we take calls tonight, which is my favorite thing to do, I will ask the caller to say their name three times for me. It doesn't have to be your actual name. You could say Scooby-Doo if you want, but I'm just listening to the sound of your voice, and that's how I see energy. And you'll be able to tell them about their aura and what it means. Absolutely. That's the job. That's fantastic. How, let's say somebody's standing up and you see their aura. How high out is it from their body? Is it is it an in, inch off the shoulders? Is it two feet? How? It depends on the person. So I talk about what's an expanded and a contracted aura. An expanded aura will fill the room. It will go beyond the walls, beyond the ceiling, beyond the floor. This is a very outgoing person. I might see that around a comedian or a performer who has to reach out, uh, really connect with people. A contracted aura would be very, very close to the body. So it depends on the person. Traditionally, we want the aura to be sort of an oval in shape or a circle. Very rarely is someone's perfectly shaped like that. You know, we've all got issues or challenges. It's just like having a little knee pain or hip Mm -hmm. pain. But the shape of your aura does tell me what's going on with you. Uh, If there's a lot of concentrated energy around the head, you're someone that leads with your mind. If it's concentrated around your heart, you're an empath. You lead with your heart. So the shape, the size, how it moves while we're talking tells me everything about what's going on. Can Can you tell them a really fun dinner party guest, George? Absolutely. I bet people invite you all over the place. (laughs) Or walk into a lounge with your Angels and Auras Oracle book and uh, people will go crazy. Exactly. 
Can people change their colors? Yes, good question. So again, energy, the aura, is not a fixed system. So one of the things that I've learned through color energy is that you can invoke a color to naturally change who you are. No one ever believes me, but I'm a naturally shy person. I'm more of an introverted person. I see green around extroverted people. Writers, poets, speakers, a chef, a musician, they all emulate this energy of green. So when I need to stand up in front of a group of people, I will visualize green. I might wear the color green to shift or change that energy. Part of what I teach through my products and all of my classes and, you know, just in interviews like this is that if you need to shift your energy, you can visualize a color. You can surround yourself with that color to actually change your energy. And this is scientifically proven with certain colors as well. That is truly remarkable. If you don't see an aura on an individual, does that mean they're going to die? Yeah, it's a real problem. If we, if we don't see an aura, we have a problem. Hasn't happened yet. Um, there's there's one color. This is always interesting to me, George. When I'm teaching people to see energy, we want to see the first layer of the aura. And there's this one sort of soft white color that people tend to have around their shoulders and their head. I think of this as sort of like the life force. Every single person, doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your religious belief system, it doesn't matter where you are from the planet, everybody seems to have that first layer of color, and that's sort of the soul. That's the part of us that radiates, that sparkles, that electric energy in us that knows that we're alive. So if I don't see color around someone, chances are their their soul has moved on. Interesting, interesting. When uh, somebody says, my favorite color is red or whatever, what does that mean? Yeah. So there's certainly like a belief system with that. I'm actually more interested in the color that someone doesn't like. If you like a color, you probably resonate with the meaning already. It'll be sort of comfortable for you, easy for you to integrate into your life. What I find really spicy, really curious, is if someone has a real aversion to a color, that's where we've got some real interesting information coming in because that color is speaking to you. It's asking you to work with it a little bit, and something is going to come up from it. What are shadow messages that uh, I noticed with the deck? Yeah, so shadow messages are, again, just like in auras, when the aura is opaque or a little bit thicker, it means the universe is asking us to pause and to think about this. So let's take blue. Your blue right now is pretty clear. I can see through it. So the wisdom, uh, the honesty, the candor, or I'm gathering all this information, that comes really naturally to you. If it was opaque, it would be leaning towards the shadow side, which would be about like skepticism, fear, a little bit of anxiety. So if it's leaning towards the shadow side, there's something we need to work on. So we dig into it a little bit deeper. When we saw biblical pictures depicting Jesus, we saw a halo around his head. That's correct. Was that the aura? I believe that is our first documentation of aura and energy. And most major religions have some version of that. That's exactly right. And so I tell people that if you look at especially like Italian Renaissance paintings, you can see that first layer that we were talking about. Sometimes it's gold, sometimes it's yellow. I actually find those bodies of work a little bit more accurate than some of those aura photographer uh, cameras you see at psychic fairs or health expos. Um, but yes, absolutely. You see it a lot in the artwork. How was he able to, Jesus being, illuminate his aura where people could see it? So everybody can illuminate their aura. It's not just reserved for enlightened or, or deities. 
it, think of it, it's, it's the same thing when you walk into a party. You make a choice. Do I want to be outgoing? Do I want to connect with someone? Or do I want to feel shut down and, and closed? Our thoughts shift our energy. There's a very basic belief system that energy follows thought and thought directs energy. So right now, I'm trying to be open and friendly and, and calling upon the teacher part of my being. So every single person does this. We do it on a first date. We do it in a job interview. When you invoke a part of your consciousness, you literally begin to shine. How can somebody who is, uh, let, let's say they're evil, what would their aura look like? It's interesting. I, I don't, again, I would never use the word evil. If, if I've ever felt someone that was heavy or negative, negative. more of a feeling I would get, I might feel like a chill in the back of my spine uh, or, or like in the back of my neck. Um, but, you know, the soul doesn't reflect evil. It just doesn't exist in the world of light. Um, evil to me is like addiction, um, hatred, bigotry, racism, it presents in that way. It doesn't present from a soul perspective. It is fascinating. Angels and Auras Oracle, where do you get these? So you can get these at, uh, on Amazon. They just came out on uh, October 31st. Uh, they're really, really beautiful. For people that are interested in seeing energy, you can let the energy speak to you through the cards, meaning the colors will come up. You can learn about color and energy. They'll be in metaphysical bookstores or major retailers, but Amazon is probably a great place to go right now. You can actually go to aaoracle.com. We have some freebies for people that register and buy through that website. We're talking with Dougal Frazier in a moment. Radley Valentine is going to join us, a specialist in angels. We'll talk about that. Then in our last hour of the program, tonight. We'll open up the phone lines where Dougal will be able to give you readings. Bradley said he will give us readings as well, but you can ask him questions about angels. And uh, Bradley truly is an expert on the angelic realm, isn't he? He is an incredible person. And not only that, he's just a good, good guy. I guarantee everyone will adore him. Fantastic. Dougal, how did you get involved in all this? You know, it's funny. When I was standing in the crib, my parents used to say that I saw color and energy around people. My mother was fascinated by it and took me to Lilydale in upstate New York, a spiritualist community. My dad was freaked out and took me to the doctor and kept getting my eyes checked because they thought there was something wrong with me. Uh Real divide. Which is always a safe thing to do in the beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. But I was very lucky. My parents encouraged me to talk about it. I bought my first deck of tarot cards when I was eight, and this has always been a natural way of life for me. Would you always tell your friends you saw colors around them? Yeah, I was not the most popular kid on the playground. (laughs) 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 But the truth is also, I had a lot of pain in my life. My, My sister had cancer when I was young in high school, so the idea of the afterlife was sort of in the the household. So reading books about near-death experiences and tarot cards, I was just very, very interested in anything beyond the physical world. What color is around you? So most people see red and orange around me. I tend to be an emotional person as an empath. Orange is one of my favorite colors. It's the natural color of the counselor. Uh, But people tend to see those colors around me. All right, we're going to come back in a moment with Radley Valentine. Uh, Dougal will uh, listen in on... uh, Radley's chat with us, and then both of them will join us for calls next hour with you on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Radley Valentine is an author with an amazing way of making complicated topics easy to understand. He delivers 
angel messages and training with compassion, integrity, and a refreshing sense of humor. Radley loves to show people how they can make powerful changes in their lives and has created a full range of insightful, informative, entertaining spiritual tools, including tarot and oracle card decks, as we've been talking about with Dougal, books, and numerous certification courses. Radley, welcome to the program. Hey, George, how have you been? I'm fine. Looking forward to this. How are you? I am very well, very well. Excited to be with you here again. We're going to have some fun here, my friend. Uh, How did the connection with angels begin for you? Oh, gosh. You know, that started when I was five years old, and um, I had my first experience with an angel that wound up being my guardian angel for my entire life, and this experience happened to me when I was very young. I was awakened in the middle of the night to be alerted to an emergency that was happening across the street, and I was very fortunate to have a mother that was very understanding about this kind of thing and didn't freak out about it and just encouraged it as I was a child and as I was growing up, and so it stuck with me. Are we all assigned a guardian angel? Absolutely. In fact, for those people who believe in reincarnation and the continuation of the soul through many different lives, our guardian angels actually join us from lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. This provides them with incredible insight into the reasons for why we do certain things and why certain behaviors affect us the way they do. And so having a close and personal relationship with your guardian angel allows you to have that insight fed back to you from these dear, beloved messengers from God that follow us throughout our lives and create a sense of unconditional love. One of my favorite movies, uh, Radley, is It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. The, the uh, yes, of course. With the angel that uh, came back and saved him and uh, the whole that whole process of how that angel came down, jumped into the river to pretend he was drowning, so Jimmy Stewart could pluck him out and save him was truly amazing. Do they work that way? They actually do. I mean, it's an, it's an old saying that many have entertained angels unaware, and it is a true thing. Um, most of the times, though, guardian angels do not take a physical appearance with us. They are with us in the ethereal sense. They are pushing and guiding and loving us towards choices that lead us towards life transformation and joy. However, when needed and in times of great emergency, they can take a physical form and show up in our lives to give us the nod and push that we might need that we might not have been awake to if we were distracted by day-to-day life. Interesting, though. Dougal was talking about the aura end of the Angels and Aura's Oracle deck. What about the angel portion? Tell me about that. (laughs) Of course. So there's two different kinds of angels that most people work with. One of them is the archangels. Um, There are many different systems for that. The system that I work with is a system of 15 different archangels. Some of them have names that many people are known, uh, know about, like Michael and Raphael and Uriel and Gabriel. Um, There are other names that many people might not have heard of. Um, But this is a great concept. It's kind of a very sexy concept, and I don't mean in a physical sense, but as an idea, human beings really, really love to categorize things. 
They really love that whole idea that, hey, Michael is about safety and protection and Raphael is about physical healing and Uriel provides this great epiphany and Gabriel creates a motivation and creativity. We like that as human beings. And so it's kind of a sexy concept. I'm a big proponent, however, of guardian angels as well. Guardian angels are the unsung heroes. They're with us day in, day out, 24-7. They are dedicated to us and solely, solely us. There is nobody on planet Earth that is having an existence that does not have guardian angels to support them and protect them. It always breaks my heart when I hear somebody say something along the lines of, oh, I used to have guardian angels, but I sent them away. That's a human construct. It simply does not happen. These are beings that are messengers from the divine, and they are pure love. You cannot upset them. They do not have egos, and you cannot send them away. There are 8 billion people on this planet, Radley. Do they all have a guardian angel, and how do they split their time between all these people? Uh, Well, you know, George, it's like the divine is all-powerful. I mean, it's like we as human beings, it's very difficult for us to be able to sense the, the incredible vastness of source, divine, God, whatever word you want to use. Um, we can't put that in a box, because if we do, then suddenly we limit God. We limit the very concept of the thing that we have decided is unlimited. And so to say that God is incapable of creating guardian angels for 8 billion people simply doesn't make sense from the standpoint of a divine creature that is loving us and creating the entire universe. That is supreme power. That is supreme love. And it knows no bounds. And therefore, there can be no limit to the amount of guardian angels or souls that are present throughout the cosmos. You say that angels are present in certain colors. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the archangels tend to resonate to certain frequencies that are that turn out that vibrate into color. I like to think of this as a prism. If you put sunshine onto a prism, it breaks into many different colors. So let's think about source, divine God as being that sunlight. And so when that sunlight hits the prism, it breaks out into blue, into gold, into pink, into green, these being elements of the divine itself. And so Archangel Michael, for example, breaks into sapphire blue, and that is the element that is of the divine that is specifically towards protection, safety, life purpose. It's not the entirety of the divine. It is a ray of light that represents an element of the divine. And so the archangels basically take that magical energy of the source of all that is and create all these different vibrations of color. And those vibrations of color resonate to the kinds of ways in which the archangels can assist us in our daily lives. Have you always been as spiritual as you are, Radley? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) The truth to that answer is yes, although it has very different kinds of manifestations. I was actually raised in the Methodist Church. My mother was the uh, administrative assistant to the bishop of the United Methodist Church. And so I started in that way. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I started to realize that traditional religion wasn't really going to be the vibration that worked for myself. It just didn't feed my soul. 
But the thing that had stayed with me, whether I was five years old or I was in very much in, embodied in the church in my teens and 20s, was angels. The thing about angels that is so magical is nearly every single major belief system on planet Earth believes in angels. They may call them different things, but it is an ever-present fiber through the fabric of the belief system of planet Earth. And I stuck with that. It never left me. Now, when we start taking calls next hour, Redley, uh, Doug Dougal is uh, going to talk about uh, the auras of the individual, and he wants them to mention their name three quick times to him. Uh, In terms of your role, how do you want to handle your calls? Well, the way that I like to work is for people to give me some sort of idea about what it is that they are interested in. I am absolutely happy to just go cold if that's what they want. But one of the things that I tell people is ask a vague question. You may get a vague answer. So ask me something specific. But if that's not comfortable, because not everybody wants to get on, you know, a national coast-to-coast radio station (laughs) and air what's on their mind, (laughs) that's okay. We can pull cards, and I can get messages from angels, and we will give them a message that hopefully will translate to them either tonight or in the morning when they wake up. So if they say to you, I want to hear from my angel, and here's my question, you could do something like that? Absolutely, we can do that. Okay, so folks, when you make your calls, uh, we've got two people that are going to take your calls next hour. Dougal Frazier, Radley Valentine. Dougal will handle colors and auras. And Radley will handle uh, angelic questions, and uh, you can ask him direct questions. It's fascinating. And again, this started for you. How old were you when you started? Five. I was five when this all started. It wasn't really until I was in my mid-20s where I I just went fully went, uh, as we would say in the South, whole hog on the whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was... But I, it, it was weaving in and out. You know, and my mom loved angels. Now, not in the same way I did. She had her little coffee mug that said, you know, have you hugged your angel today? And her bumper sticker that said, never drive faster than your angels can fly. And her angel brooches. But for me, it was something more profound and, and more literally of the moment to be speaking to angels, to be aware of their presence, and to kind of be the boy with something extra. I knew when people were lying, and I knew who was calling on the phone. And this was back when what you had was a little twisty tied cord on the phone that reached 25 feet. So there was no that's, caller ID. That's right, in those days for sure. Now, this is your 10th deck. What makes this yeah. one, Angels and Auras, so different? Oh, gosh. <laughs> For starters, the most amazing Dougal Frazier. I mean, meeting Dougal was not just bringing a new person into my life to be a, a, a teacher and and also a, a peer to work with. This was about bringing a, a true soulmate of a, of a best friend. And so getting to, he was a, it was just a, it was this wonderful opportunity to work with somebody else. It was his first card deck. His energy, his enthusiasm was absolutely vibrant. It was contagious. And just to also be able to do something that nobody had done before. Nobody had mixed auras and angels together. Nobody had put messages and cards that were upside right, and the messages were literally written upside down. And so it was just this 
beautiful way of taking his peanut butter and my chocolate and making a fabulous confection. Their websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. One of the books includes Your Life in Color, and we're talking about their Angels and Auras Oracle Cards. It's a 44-card deck, and it's got an incredible guidebook. The guidebook is very important, Radley, isn't it? I think it really is. And in particular, this guidebook is important because we are mixing two disciplines. And so there are the people that are very familiar with Dougal's uh, genius when it comes to color. And there were people who were very familiar with my concepts from the standpoint of the angel philosophies that I work with. But we've got a lot of people who are crossing over. We've got these people who are like, oh, I'm buying this because it's Radley's, but I don't know nothing about no color. And we've got the people who are buying um, from Dougal's side who are like, what's an angel? <laughs> well, not probably not really that. But we've got those that mix of people. And then you've got the people who basically maybe have never bought an Oracle card deck at all. Maybe they don't realize that this is a way to get connections direct from source, from God, that are messages that are meant to bring you love and joy and transformation in your life. And so those people, that guidebook is really important, and it's a great way to be able to do readings for yourself. Absolutely. And those of you calling in, I'm going to make it easier for you so you don't have to distinguish and pick whether you want Dougal or Radley. I'm going to let you talk to both of them. So what we'll do is we'll handle Dougal or Radley first, and then we'll have the second person talk to you second. But you'll get basically two results from one call. How about that, Radley? That'll work. Yeah, we call it tag teaming. Yep, it works indeed, indeed. And uh, I had mentioned to Dougal where you get the uh, Oracle kit, but uh, I'll do that for you again as well. Where do you get it? Where do you get the, the, the card deck? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, you can go to aaoracle.com and get the deck and also get a whole bunch of free stuff that we are giving to people to help them to learn how to use the deck. And you can also go to RadleyValentine.com, or you can visit any major bookseller, and you will find them there for sure. Did you ever meet an angel you didn't like? <laughs> wow. No one's ever asked me that. So um, I'm a human being, um, and so there is one archangel that was not what I was expecting. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's a lovely, lovely angel. He is the bringer of peace, but he's kind of a counselor. He's sort of like the counselor of the angelic realm. And at that particular moment when I was doing the work that was getting messages from Shamuel, I wasn't in the mood to be counseled. <laughs> so it was sort of like being a an unanticipated visit to the psychiatrist's couch. And, um, but but Shamuel is very important. He is the bringer of personal and, get this, global peace, something we desperately need in this moment. Do you pull the cards for the individual? Yeah, I do. And of the 44, are they all enlightened cards? I mean, you know, like a tarot deck, they've got some things in there that you don't want to pull. Well, I now now that now that's a whole other story for us, George, that we could get into. And I have a, some, a lot of things to say about tarot and whether or not there are cards you don't want to pull. However, in this particular deck, there are 44 cards to be read upright. There, those same 44 cards can be read reversed, inverted, or upside down. That means there's literally 88 messages, 
88 possibilities in this deck. And some of them are what Dougal likes to call shadow messages. And so it's not a, a faded, worrisome concern about the future. Uh, it is more about, look, here's the energy you're living in right now. Is this really where you want to stay? Because if it is, then great, stay there. But here are your opportunities to get out of inf uh, out of negative energetic fields, things like a sense of poverty or uh, a sense of loss or a sense of loneliness or a sense of negative thinking. And so they tell us where we are. It's like a barometer. And if we don't like where we are, the cards give us opportunities to find a way out of that. So you're not pulling the death card, right? You know, the death card never means death. <laughs> that's the thing that's so crazy. I still don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> death card is an ending, and you might want it if it's an ending of something you no longer want in your life. Uh, but I don't call the death card a death card. I call it release. All right, stay with us, Radley. We're going to take a break and come back at the top of the hour with calls for you and Dougal on Coast to Coast AM. 